Hello and welcome to Back to Work Connect, the podcast. I'm Gina Oglesby, CEO of Back to Work Connect, an education and employment career hub designed to get returners and career changers back to work. In each episode, we will discuss topics that are important to you, including financial well-being, mental health, and the supports available to help you get back to work. Today, we're joined by Anne Ryan of Innafarm Education. With a campus in Dublin 18, Innafarm Education runs third-level courses across the country. They deliver programmes in pharmaceutical, medical device, food science, and digital transformation. They've been advancing skills and capabilities across these industries for over 15 years now. You're very welcome, Anne. We're delighted to have you today. Thanks, Gina. Great to be here. Thank you. We hear all the time about how big the pharma industry in Ireland is and that the talent and diversity gap that exists in STEM industries. So if we start at the beginning, how does somebody in midlife who maybe had an interest in science um, at one point get into pharma as a second career? That's a really good question. Um, we would find that a lot of our learners um, uh, have had previous careers um, and they're looking to pivot, maybe to change direction or to break into the sector. Um, they would bring a lot of experience with them. So they, you know, from their previous career, but sometimes they don't even recognize the value of that in the in the industry, into this, uh, this uh, the STEM sector. Um, so that's where Innofarma comes in. So for instance, you know, um, some of our uh, some of our, our students would come from, you know, technical roles or administration roles. And that that skill and that expertise that they have is really valuable to move into the STEM sector. So they bring a lot of experience with them and expertise with them. Uh, but also they need to develop themselves and develop um, a, a second set of expertise and knowledge around the sector um, the pharmaceutical sector is highly regulated it's uh unrightly so because there's a patient at the end of every product so everything is you know is is done to a specific standard there's processes and procedures that must be followed so there's a lot of uh particular knowledge that an individual would need to gain and understand so that's where some of our program our programs would come in to help them develop that that skill set that they require while you you may have experience that you bring from another employment or another type of role then there's a certain um values i suppose an attitude that's required within pharmaceutical or medical device manufacturing and also food science as well or food manufacturing too so beyond that skill that mindset I suppose and those values and attitude that you bring um the knowledge that you would require to work in the sector then is is very important back to your your question about um you know how would somebody maybe in midlife break into the sector and and and, and pivot their career you know I would recommend that they they uh, start maybe on a level six program um, and that'll give them all that key foundational knowledge that they require around manufacturing, around good manufacturing practice or GMP, as we say, around processes, procedures. So that would be the starting point to get that knowledge. And then, you know, when you're going for an interview or you're applying for a job and you're sitting across the table from an employer that's looking to hire you into the sector, you're speaking their language, you're understanding their processes, you're understanding the behaviours and the values that you have to work in this industry to ensure that you're creating a product that's safe for the marketplace. You need a degree in a science subject, you know, to get started? No, not at all. We would have... 
We would have learners um, and, and students on our programs that come from really diverse backgrounds. You, you don't need a degree to start in the ind industry. Um, you Like I was saying, that you might bring a wealth of experience from a different career that you've had. You, you don't necessarily need a leave insert. So I, I would say to any of your listeners um, that might have, you know, might be feeling a little lacking in confidence that they don't have a degree or they didn't do a leave insert as a mature student you can come back and you can develop yourself for the industry um you can for sure take part in a level six program develop the expertise understand the language that you need understand the processes um and pivot your career at any stage um so don't let uh, the fact that you don't have a degree or possibly a leave insert, you might have worked from the time you were 17 and straight into uh, employment. And then you're thinking, where am I going now? What can I do? What are my choices? There's lots of choices out there for you. So um, but you would need to start developing yourself through maybe a level six program. So you're understanding the sector and you're giving yourself the best opportunity to get into the sector because as I mentioned, it's highly regulated and it does take a particular type of person to work in it. Um, you know, you do need to follow instructions. You do need to be able to um, not deviate from a process. Um, so it mightn't be the ideal environment for somebody that's very creative or very innovative or needs to not follow processes and not follow procedures because that might be the environment um, for you. But uh um, so back to your question, don't let that hold you back if you don't have a degree, if you don't have a leave insert. As a mature student, you, you can come on board and, and join different types of programmes and start to develop the expertise that you need that will help you um, become more competitive and give you more opportunities to break into the sector. That's actually really reassuring to know that you don't have to have had a, a degree in science um, because, you know, lots of us never even thought about science subjects when we were in school yeah. and it's only now that you sort of look back and think oh that would have been something I would have liked to do so tell me yeah. a little about the the types of roles somebody can you know a new entrant into the industry um I mean I know there's a huge variety of roles but what would be the most common ones so I suppose um there is that uh that consideration where you're coming from so if you if you come from a different background you might that might determine where you might go within the industry as well so for instance we've had one one uh one student comes to mind that had a background in copywriting and editing and then she um took part in our level 6 program and moved into a role in documentation because there's a lot of documentation in the pharmaceutical and medical device sector, a lot of um, batch paperwork to ensure that the quality assurance process is, is managed. So um, that's an example of somebody building on their previous career and then pivoting with the expertise that they gain into a role in pharma. Um, but, uh, you know, that's just one example, but there is other uh, other opportunities the majority of people that maybe have very little experience or that entry point into the into the industry or industries would be um operations so into the process manufacturing the product or technicians so very much uh, working in a team environment manufacturing the product um and you know working on the floor uh, in in process so that would be generally the entry point that you would see um, there is other roles. There's lots of different options within um, just speaking about biopharma or pharma at the moment. Um, so quality assurance would be another area. Um, 
quality control. There's uh, operational excellence projects and so on. So it does. It is determined where you where you're coming from and the experience that you might bring. But if you have had no experience, then you're most likely working in those those type of operations roles initially, which are really interesting. And they give you a very good grounding in the processes and procedures and how the product is made. And once you get that expertise and that experience, then um, it's easier to move into different type of roles, such as quality assurance, because you're very familiar from from working at the operations to move into quality, you know, so or move into um, operational excellence type projects and so on. So that starting point um, would be around that operations manufacturing. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fabulous. And yeah, it's, okay. it's great to know that there's a huge variety of roles and people can, you know, climb the ladder if that's what they're looking to do, um, that there's lots of different areas um, within pharma that people can get into. Um, so, you know, we know that there's a huge gap in talent and diversity in STEM industries with employers. You know, we know that they're crying out for staff. Um, mm -hmm. But for our women returners, you know, often it's not as simple as just filling out the application form. Um, and we've heard we've heard you know, a lot of stories from highly qualified and skilled professionals who are locked out of roles and dismissed because of maybe a career gap. If people do a course or if they upskill in pharma education, you know, what are the likelihoods that they'll be able to transition into employment? And, you know, are the industry doing anything to help overcome this bias that seems to exist for females in STEM industry? Yeah, um, that's a big question. <laughs> Gina, it's a big question. So there is, um, I would say that there is changes happening in that area. Um, for sure, there's still work to be done. I was just looking at some of the figures before we came on. So, you know, 25% of all tech um, roles are held by women. So seven, that which means that 75% are held by men, you know, globally. So there's work to be done um, with regard to challenging that. And I, I do think it's a bigger question across many different sectors, not just pharma, um, across government departments, across, you know, lots of different areas and big organizations. But um there is from my experience, I can see that there is changes there. There are the organizations are working to improve their um, diversity and inclusive inclusivity strategies uh, and not just, you know, doing it in a strategy document, actually actively working to do that um, and enact, enact me meaningful policies. Uh, so I suppose from the organization's perspective, they just need to, to look inwards and see what they are actually doing to, to ensure that there is diversity and there is inclusivity. What I see, um, I see it happening. I see there is changes. I know when I went back 10 years ago and did a science degree, I, there was probably um, five women in the class and 30 men. Um, now with Innopharma, with our programs, it's about 50-50. So, you know, we just looked at that yesterday. We had some report outs from different um, uh, classes and cohorts and the the percentage or statistic is around, you know, between 48, 52, 50, 50 gender balance, you know, male, female, which is brilliant. Uh, it's really great to see that uh, with Innopharma, uh, technical services we contract out validation engineers into the industry and about 70 75 percent of our engineers are female in complex roles in complex validation roles within the sector so that's another statistic that kind of challenges what you're seeing you know or what the um the overall figure is so there is um there is changes there are changes that are occurring uh and happening 
it is something that is a bigger picture globally. And I think it's something that um, many organizations need to, to look and challenge themselves on where they're going with this. It also starts at grassroots, you know, for, for women that are changing career, want to develop themselves for the sector, you have to offer flexible programs. You know, there's family lives happening in the background. There's busy lives happening in the background. So to be able to offer, um, a, a degree or you know a pathway to a degree or a pathway to a level six program that's flexible that's can people can work around their schedule and work around their family life so it does happen at that grassroots that you can educate yourself uh in a flexible way and develop yourself in a flexible way so that's one advantage that helps you know helps even that out there's you know as i said there there are challenges there um but it is definitely changing from my perspective. Anyway, I see that there's changes there, even within our pharma, our leadership team is, is 50% female, you know, so you have the voice at, at, uh, at the table as well. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, there's work to be done, but it is changing. Excellent. Uh, you know, you're right. It is the grassroots. It's, you know, getting young girls in school and primary school, secondary school interested in pharma yeah. and the, you know, the med tech industries. Um, I suppose one of the things that we're big believers here in Back to Work Connect is lifelong learning and the effort and the commitment that it takes for somebody to decide to go back to college, um, yeah. you know, to find something that they want to do and to go back to college and to put the time and effort into it. Um, and then there's nothing more frustrating when you've done that, not to be able to find a role afterwards. So how successful are candidates who study within a pharma in finding education? Do you are finding employment? Sorry. Do you have mm. um, partnerships with any of the pharma industry um, and how easy is it to uh, you know step into employment? Yeah, I'd agree. I, I'm a, a big believer in, in lifelong learning and um, I am a <laughs> I'm a lifelong learner. You know, I, I, I do believe in it. I've changed careers a couple of times and um, I've always been helped along the way with education and just, you know, helping to develop that that knowledge and expertise. So, um, yeah, we do have a, every program within a pharma has a program manager and a uh a person there that the the learner and the student can work with and and develop themselves from the pers perspective of professional development. So they spend a lot of time with the individual and the learner working with their CV, working with their interview skills because it's great you can gain great knowledge um and and skill on an education program but we can't interview for you. So you have to bring that into the interview room. You have to get a fit for purpose CV. Um you have to have that um confidence to be able to talk about the skills that you have and make that employer across the table um, feel uh, confident that you can work in the environment. So the coaching and mentorship within a firm is really important and the program managers provide that. Um, so it has made a big difference. A lot of our programs would have maybe 70 to up to 85% breakthrough into the industry. And what that means is we would track the metrics. We track those that are unemployed that are looking to break into the sector and those that are employed already and then are looking to gain a promotion in the sector. So we would track that with every class and make sure that um, we're giving our students and our learners the best opportunity to break into the industry. You know, ultimately, the goal is to get that job. That's why we're developing. That's why people go to college to learn new skills, you know, ultimately to progress and and to get um, to start a new career to get the job, to get the promotion. So um, that's what you're working towards. So tell me, um, Inna Pharma have 
a large number of courses, which one would be the most popular? Um, and how, how can people sort of get in touch or how can people sort of sign up for the course? So our most popular program would be the level six, um, which is that entry point. And, but we would have a lot of converters on that, a lot of returners, a lot of um, formerly self-employed. Um, also people that are working in the industry, maybe 10, 15 years, but like that, they haven't um, studied at third level. So while they, ha they have experience working there, they want to get the, the the foot on the ladder of education they want to go for that next promotion and maybe that next promotion requires you to start moving into third level so the level six program has that kind of diverse um profile of learner on it people with experience in the industry people with no experience in the in the industry and those that are trying to break in so that covers all that fundamental knowledge i suppose that you know of operations of quality assurance quality control also the the building itself sometimes you're working in a clean room environment which means you know that you're fully garbed up it's aseptic it's a sterile environment so there's particular um knowledge that you need around that um you know how to behave within a sterile environment so that program gives all that core knowledge our level seven program then is a feeder, you know, that six feeds into that and that's bringing people up to degree level. So we'd have a lot on that program too around um, working, developing skills around quality assurance, um, reg affairs and so on. So the regulatory side of and, uh, the government initiatives such as Springboard and HCI, which provide funding for higher education. So you can access um, certificates, degree, master's programs. If you're working, you can get 90% funding and if you're unemployed, you get 100% funding. So they've been brought out probably back at the, the recession or previous to that 2012, maybe 2011, and have been hugely successful in um, providing education opportunities to those maybe that couldn't afford it, you know, with families, mortgages, etc. Uh, sometimes education comes down the list of priorities, whereas this, these mechanisms allow you to access it. All level six programs are fully funded, so there's no fees involved there. And then up to seven, eight and nine, you can access that 90 percent if you're working. So great opportunity. Um, and our programs are all listed on the Springboard website um, when it becomes live and the, the, the recruitment starts happening again. But you can also contact us directly at Inafarma. The new program, uh, there's you'll hear a lot about digital strategies and digital transformation, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and data driven strategies. And that's our new program is based around that developing operators and process technicians and business leaders in a master's program around de developing the skills for digital transformation. So, you know, a lot of um integration of processes, uh, real-time information rather than taking um, a product back to the lab and getting tested and then waiting for those results to come through, real-time analytics will be, the, the product will be tested in real-time. So all of that is happening um, and that's around that space of digital transformation and also the, the whole area of sustainability. So there's, you know, there's only one planet. So how do these organizations, you know, cut down on waste, drive efficiencies and ensure that there's a sustainable approach to the manufacturing processes. So we we have a lot of programs, back to your question, a lot of programs taking in that new, um, those new areas of um, skills requirements for organisations too. So the, I would say the level six, the main feeder um, up to degree level. And then we have master's programs too, where you see 
maybe more experienced um, individuals that are working in the industry and they need to develop that expertise, maybe hone in on a certain area such as digital transformation, such as quality or technology transfer or validation. These are all terms that you would and roles that you would hear in the, you know, in the sector. And there's lots of opportunities there. So you'd see our master's students maybe specializing in those areas, doing their dissertation around that topic. Um, and that's enabling them to move on in their career as well. Great. Um, are these courses online, in person or a mixture, mixture of both? So they're they're blended learnings um, and they'd have to be because they're designed around the industry and these um, companies don't shut down at five o'clock. They're not nine to five. So a lot of the employees would be working shift. So they're blended um, generally it's two evenings per per week on online. So they're recorded. Uh, you don't need to attend in person. We have a lot of learners attending in person because just like we're chatting now on, on Zoom, this is the way that the lecture would be delivered live with the lecture um, engaging with the class. And there's a chat function and so on that you can ask questions. And then the Saturdays are in person. So it's generally one to two Saturdays per month. So very flexible. Again, back to the point about, you know, uh, trying to drive up a representation of women in the industry as well so you're seeing that um that that flexible approach works very well for people that are working and also that have family lives to try and work around as well and is there work experience involved in the programs or um like how do you get a feel for the industry uh do they do work placements or is there anything like that available uh, no, we don't do work placements. We do have mentor, uh, obviously our program managers um, work closely with the, and have a, a strong link. Our program managers all have a strong link with, with industry. So they're talking to industry talent and acquisition teams. They know the needs of those teams as well. So they are trying to get the best fit for the organization with our student pr uh, profile as well and our student, student panel too. So we have those links between industry um, with the program manager. And also then we have a lot of industry lecturers so um we'd have academic lecturers uh, but also those that are working part-time or sorry working full-time in industry roles and then lecturing part-time for us so a lot of the experiences and the stories that the lectures and the um, examples and uh, that they would bring to the class would be very relevant and very up to date because that's their their full-time job and then their part-time job is working with us Brilliant. It's a super exciting industry. I mean, we hear so much about it and the developments in medtech and devices. Uh, you know, it is definitely uh, a growing industry and anybody who wants to invest in their education, it's certainly um, a, an area or a sector which they are likely to do well in, um, unlike other sectors that, you know, are sort of dipping at the moment. But I think pharma has yeah. always been traditionally a, a stable yeah. enough um, sector. So it's brilliant. Um, one more word um, on in a pharma. So tell me, why would I? Why should I join in a pharma course? That's a that's a good question. <laughs> so I suppose the looking at the track record that we've had um, over the past fifteen years, we've developed over ten thousand, probably a little bit more, maybe eleven thousand graduates through our programs, successfully through our programs at this stage across that span of higher education from six to nine, right up to master's level from certificate. We're we're proven at 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 getting that person 
to the next stage in their career. You know, taking somebody that is trying to figure out where they're going, maybe looking at the driving by the Pfizer plant or driving by the MSD plant and saying, why could I not work in there? You can work in there. You know, you just need to develop your skills, maybe develop your confidence and be able to um, articulate that at, at interview and so on. So, um, so why would you do a course with us, 11,000 learners successfully through the program? We track those metrics carefully. We work carefully with our learners to enable them to, to, to make the break and to build the confidence to make the break. And then also um, those that are already employed in it, they're, they're working with us on their master's programs or their degree programs as well to further enhance their knowledge and give themselves um, that, uh, that best shot. You know, they're brilliant. And thank you so much. That was that was brilliant. Um, and there's a lot to take in um, about the pharma industry and education. Uh, so we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you for listening to the Back to Work Connect podcast. I'm Jean Oglesby. And today we were joined by Anne Ryan of Inapharma Education. If you like the Back to Work Connect podcast, you can find us at backtoworkconnect.ie, Google Play or Spotify. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Bank of Ireland, the Begin Together Fund and the Community Foundation of Ireland.